Here we go, as we continue to supplement the weekly courtside revealing some tennis segments with audio-only podcasts with guests deeply rooted in the tennis industry. We have with us tonight a college coach who, after spending the past three years at Eastern Illinois, has just been announced the new volunteer assistant tennis coach at one of the top college programs in the country, the University of Notre Dame, Sam Kercheval. Sam, first off, congratulations on the recent move, and two, Thanks for taking some time out of your crazy schedule. I know it's been uh, nuts, you with the transition and everything. Thank you for spending some time with me on the podcast tonight. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you know, it's, it's always fun to get out here and talk tennis. And obviously, you and I have gotten to know each other over the last year. And glad we got to connect on this. Absolutely. So let's, you know, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about this recent move. It's obviously very, very recent. Uh, I know it's only a couple weeks in. Was it uh-huh. something that... Kind of you had on the radar, did you have prior relationships with, with some of these coaches? Kind of talk about um, how this all came about because, like as I stated in the intro, for the past three years you were the head coach at Eastern Illinois. Yeah, you know, it's something that, um, it, it was, I guess, a little bit on my radar just kind of late in the summer in the sense that, you know, Coach Satchery uh, reached out to me about it and, and asked if this is something I'd be interested in, in entertaining. Um, you know, I, I started working uh, summer camp up here at Notre Dame with them about three years ago. I'd come up and do one of their, their week-long uh, Wilson camps uh, just to, to help them out and, and network and, you know, obviously put a little money in my pocket. And it turned out to be something that was obviously a lot of fun. It was a great opportunity for me to, to see Notre Dame's campus and, and meet the coaching staff. And so after a few years of that, um, you know, Coach Satchery reached out and, and offered me this opportunity. And it was, you know, it was a quick quick decision, um, kind of a no-brainer, and, and made the move. Uh, I think I've been here now 10 days. 10 days, wow. So, hey, you've, you've only been up there 10 days, but I already heard you did some really cool stuff up there. What's uh, what's one or two of the coolest things you've already done? Well, I mean, for, for me, this is this is awesome because it's just a, it's another different experience. You know, I've been a couple different places. I've, I've coached at a number of different levels in, in the industry, and this is just another one that's a, a different perspective. Um, obviously, you know, Notre Dame men's tennis has been strong for a number of years, and, and the team is very solid. And obviously, you, you look at the athletic department on a whole. I mean, I, I keep saying it's a, it's another world. Um, it's been really exciting. You know, I was fortunate enough. I, I did get to go to the game last night. The uh, the game day kickoff game against Michigan, um, you know, so it, it, everything about it has just been a phenomenal start, and we jumped right in. I mean, I think I drove in Wednesday night, 10 days ago, went straight to the, the tennis facility, and then the next morning, 7 a.m. weights, went out and, and met the players, so we, we got right on court and got with them. Awesome. Um, so let's kind of go into, let's kind of take a step back. We do this with a lot of the, the coaches that I have on this podcast. Let's kind of walk, uh, walk the listeners through your background as far as how you got into the sport, um, certain things you may want to talk about you know, in your, your playing days as a junior, and then we'll kind of transition into how you got into coaching because you, as you stated earlier, you've been at a variety of different places and had, have had several really, really good experiences. So if you don't mind, kind of walk us through your journey through tennis a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, growing up, I, I kind of always went out and hit the ball, even from when I was three, four years old. My parents, I guess, kind of got me into it. Um, not so much that I was doing lessons or tournaments or anything, uh, but kind of was always out there. There are pictures of me from the, what would you have, 91 season. Um, and, and then started taking it seriously, you know, basically right when I turned 12, started playing, taking lessons um, from some people at our local club and, and realized I just loved it and, and almost almost instantly started playing tournaments and that's just 
how it went all the way through through juniors. Um, you know, did lessons, did clinics. Uh, love hitting the ball. I mean, I, I still love hitting the ball. It's it's one of the greatest things. Just get out there and, and get a groove and, and work hard. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just I got into it, and it's the only thing that ever really stuck for me. I mean, I didn't even really experiment with a lot of other stuff. Uh, tennis was just was always it. It was always the passion. And you know, again, it, it's interesting with with all the different perspectives I hear from the different guests on the podcast, when you're done playing, coaching to you just seems, you know, in the few years that we've gotten to know each other, seems such a natural fit for you. Was there anything else that you, you know, did you try to interview in the corporate world or whatnot, or was this something that you said, you know what, I love doing this, I I feel it's a good fit, and I want to continue doing this right outside of school? Well, the funny part is I actually, you know, like most most you know, high-performance juniors, they, they go out and teach a little bit on the side. They try and teach some lessons. And actually, when I first started teaching for the parks department uh, here, when I was in Bloomington, Indiana, where I grew up, uh, I hated teaching. I absolutely hated it. And I think most of it came from a guilt of not feeling like I had any clue what I was doing trying to teach people. You know, they're paying me for these lessons. And I ran the same two or three drills that I really remembered. Um, <laughs> and, and I actually hated the experience. Um, so I did that for you know a summer or two uh, it was definitely not something I thought I was going to stick with but then when I ended up going to IU uh, for my undergrad I, I did a year at DePaul um, and then when I went back to IU and transferred there I worked for Mike O'Connell who was the guy that kind of coached me growing up and and that is where I actually really learned to love it because he and, and the staff there did a great job teaching me how to teach so once I felt like I understood the game and, and had some knowledge to be able to share with other people that's when I knew I loved it. So from basically sophomore year of college on, I've been teaching, and, it, and it's all I've ever wanted to do. Got it. So just to kind of give a little bit of background to the listeners, you've had um, a variety of experience. You were actually you've been a USPTA certified elite professional. You earned USPTA honors for the Midwest Under Thirty Professional of the Year in 2014, and you were named USPTA Indiana Professional of the Year in 2012. You've coached at the high school level. You've obviously coached at the college level. You've coached boys. You've coached girls. You've coached adults. You've kind of seen it all. Um, you know, tell the tell the the viewers if you can um, a little bit about those different roles, what you got out of it, and then talk a little bit about, especially at the college level. Again, these are for a lot of maybe um, people looking at getting into the coaching profession. A little bit, I, I guess, if you can kind of break it down in a percentage of. When you are a college coach, whether you're an assistant or a pro, what percentage is it actually coaching practice, coaching matches, versus all the other administrative responsibilities you have that people who are not in the inside don't really get to see? Yeah, I mean, Dave, that's a a great question. It's something I think most people don't think about. So, I mean, I guess if we go back first to, you know, teaching in the club, you know, I I taught all the clinics, all the lessons. You know, we we had a great staff working really hard all the time and and I don't know how many years after I was doing the club gig that I also added in coaching the high school um, I, I was fortunate enough to be named the head coach for the Bloomington South girls which is the high school I went to um, and, and I had five incredible years coaching them um, you know it was it was there I realized basically the second year uh, basically first day of practice the second season how much I had missed the team component uh, when we were in the off season, and that's when I kind of knew that you know I, I might want to stick in this side of the industry 
And so after five years, it, it turned out that I had the opportunity to go be uh, actually the head coach at Eastern Illinois University. Um, and, and I guess I can't overlook the fact that when, it, when I realized I wanted to do the team gig, so I was, I was coaching in the club. I coached the high school girls during the spring season. Girls are spring in Indiana. Um, you know, I also, my final year in Bloomington was the volunteer coach for the Indiana men's team, which as, as a kid growing up in Bloomington and a diehard Hoosier, that's, that's the dream. Right. Um, so it, it was incredible, but obviously I was, I was juggling all of those at once um, and, and doing the best I could to kind of soak up everything uh, from all different, different aspects. But um, to get to the point you kind of asked about originally, you know, there is there's probably more behind the scenes than any any player or casual casual spectator would know in terms of trying to make sure everything gets done um, you know and, and I've expressed this to players before not to, to boast about the amount of work your coach does but you have you know a player's gonna roll to the van early in the morning and get in the van and they're gonna go play a match and they're gonna be fed and that's just kind of their schedule but to have everything, set up to make sure things are, are going to run smoothly to confirm that you've got the hotels or, you know, that the match is going to be played or what are you doing if you get inclement weather? Um, you know, I, I think some of those things certainly get overlooked because it's just not a visible thing. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully players see and respect the amount of work that their coaches put in to make things happen as smoothly as possible. But, uh, I, I don't know if you can put a percentage on it. I think most coaches would probably tell you that, They'd much rather be on the court uh, a whole lot more than they are um, and away from the computer, away from the phone more than they actually are um, because that obviously doesn't touch on the recruiting aspect, which is obviously a huge, huge part of of collegiate tennis. So um, there's a lot in in every capacity. And, and, you know, I certainly love being on the court, but I'm maybe a little – OCD with with being organized in, in certain aspects, certainly not everything, but uh, you know, I think being good at the administrative side is, is something I also take pride in. So I, I don't mind all the work, but if you gave me a choice, would you rather be in front of the computer or on the court? I'm going to tell you the court every time. Right, right. Which which is understandably why you would it, people understand why you say that. I mean, you become a college coach because you enjoy being on the court, working with the kids, and coaching them through matches. So I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners because I mean, it's as simple as being on the road worrying about meals. They don't have the dorms, they don't have their um, the, the training tables, they don't have all their access to what they would normally have at home. And then when they go on the road, well, it just doesn't magically happen. There's a lot involved there. And a lot is involved in some of the simplest tasks. And um, appreciate you sharing that with with people who are listening in. Another aspect, again, this is, this is great. You being able to give some insight in what um, what it is that coaches always have to do. Um, a lot of coaches, and this this applies in any sport, they may not have played at a high level college program, and now they're trying to work their way up to coach at, you know, maybe they'll start at a smaller school and then gradually they'll get to a bigger and bigger program. Sometimes, and I don't know if it's generalization, but sometimes they say, look, if you played at a big-time program, it's really easy to start right at a big-time program, where if you haven't played at a big program, it's going to take you a little bit of time to get to where you may want to be. Kind of walk us through um, any helpful tips pointers that you can give to young coaches out there that, hey, may, they may want to work at a real big-time program, but they feel automatically hindered because they haven't themselves played at a big-time program. Yeah, you know, that's a, it's a 
good observation and something that, you know, I, I guess I can share from my experience that I'm still trying to navigate, figure that out. I mean, to be honest, I did not play collegiate tennis at any level. Um, I actually have been playing my best tennis in the last year and a half, last couple of years is where I've gotten better as a player just because from coaching, you understand the game more and, uh, you know, if, if you're going to coach it, you got to understand it, and therefore you usually hit the ball a little bit better. So, you know, your, your question is is a very valid one. I mean, I think what I can pass on is I, I got some advice from someone once who said, look, if, if you want to be, he posted this way, he said, if you want to be at a Power 5 school or what's your dream job, then you need to get to that level as soon as possible, whatever that capacity is. And, and that's not always easy. Um and, you know, I think the coaching world is certainly becoming more and more competitive as you have these these elite, you know, tennis players from, from all divisions, uh, as well as NAIA. They're all leaving thinking, I want to get into coaching. That coaching pool is, is growing exponentially every year. And so it's a, it's a competitive market. And I, I do think it is tough. Um, not that it can't be done, but it, I've noticed it is tough to, to break into the larger market if you don't have that experience. And it's mostly a networking thing and it's a thing that's easy for people to say hey look you've played at this school so we know you you have been there um whereas you know for me i haven't been there so i have a lot of proving to do and i'm certainly okay doing that but it's i know it's going to take me a little bit more time maybe to ultimately get to those higher levels where i'd like to be but it's absolutely not a definite red mark by anyone who aspires to get to there get to that big time program even if you haven't played it may you may have to overcome a couple more hurdles but by no means and again this isn't just tennis related this topic this happens at, for any sport um, Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you right now, just basketball-wise, Coach Roy Williams, North Carolina coach, right? We all know Roy, Coach Roy. That guy did not play big-time college basketball at all. So, yes, while it may be advantageous to you at the beginning, there's by no means a requirement that you have to yourself have played at a big-time program for yourself to then coach at a big-time program. So. No, absolutely, and that's a great clarification. But, I mean, I think the way to look at it is your hurdles are different because if you Everyone's got hurdles. Every program has it in terms of their resources. Every coach has it in terms of their experience and where they want to get to. I think, you know, instead of thinking this says, oh, you have additional hurdles, they're just different. Um, you know, it's it's just the way it is. Um, but I think if you keep that perspective and you say, hey, I've got to figure out how to overcome my circumstances, then then you can make that certainly. And, and you, going across to basketball and football, I mean, I'm sure we could make a very long list in any sport of, hey, this coach was not the greatest player, but he's a phenomenal coach. Right. He's a phenomenal coach. Absolutely agree. Um, you know, I, I know you've, like we've said a few times now, you're 10 days in. We, we can do this for, I think we can talk for an hour. I don't want to do that this time yet. I mean, you have so much to offer. We will definitely plan on having you in um, again. And I can say this from a personal you know, standpoint. You know, for the past several years, we've we've interacted. You've had some interest in some of the guys in my program, and it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you both as a coach and as a person. And you're just getting started. I know you've been a head coach for several years already. And now you're going. To, now you're going to a big time program, University of Notre Dame. You are just getting started in your coaching journey, and we are so looking forward to following you along. And no doubt, once you settle in more. Um, you haven't even had a chance to catch your breath yet. We would love to have you back and talk a little bit more. I don't want to take any more of your time. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, or just I, I mean, I was honestly saying thank you for spending time and doing this with me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I 
mean, you and I have connected over the fact that we have this great passion for our sport and, and really appreciate everything you do to, to put out material that's just interesting and keeps people engaged. But I think, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on and, and seeing me as someone that you wanted to, to chat with. I'd, I'd love to do it again. And I think, you know, hopefully I, I've already learned so much in the first 10 days here. And I think, you know, Notre Dame is going to be a different experience than Eastern Illinois, which is different than Indiana. And that's what I'm really thrilled to, to dig into. So if you ever want to chat again, I'd be happy to do it because this is a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. Best of luck down in South Bend and we'll talk soon for sure. Good luck. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you. Such a great young coach, and he's, like we said, just getting started. He's had a variety of experiences. Great guy, great coach, Sam Kercheval. Thank you guys for listening again every Thursday night, doing on Facebook Live, courtside with Beelance and Tennis segments, and then we'll also supplement those with a variety of audio podcasts. So appreciate you listening, and we will try to continue to add value to what we do over at Beelance and Tennis. Thank you very much.